Hey friends, welcome to the Next Step Leadership Podcast, a conversation dedicated to helping you make your next step your best step. I'm Tracy Reynolds, and my partner for the Next Step journey is Chris Maxwell. Together we hope to inspire, assist, and create the confidence you need to take your next step in your personal growth, spiritual growth, vocation, or even your calling. Thanks for joining us. Well, come on, let's dive into this week's episode of Next Step Leadership. Welcome to Next Step Leadership. Uh, Chris Maxwell and Tracy Reynolds uh, having conversations with each other and with dear friends. Uh, Tracy, I loved our uh, dialogue with, with Kevin Bardot. What a, what a heart that he has, uh, his years of experience, and uh, just exciting for me to be able to continue that conversation. Absolutely. You know, it's amazing how when you have deep friendships and meaningful relationships, how it's just almost like immediate that that bond is there. And, and just seeing his face on the screen just make, makes my day. So, man, it's so great to catch up to you, Kevin. Welcome back, buddy. Hey, I'm glad to be here. It's an honor to be with you guys. And it's great to see you guys' faces, too. Well, with slightly older, grayer faces on our part. Uh, now these, neither of these other two guys have any hair on their head. They have these perfect heads, and I have to cover my shame with my hair. So yeah, both with the beard and uh, some gray hair. But anyway, <laughs> we all can't be perfect. Listen, man, I know something dear to your heart is emotional and mental health. So, man, I'd love for us to just dive into discussion why that's important and maybe some practice on just bringing helpful help to folks who, who may need that and we're ashamed to even ask. Yeah, so that's, talk about why that's important to you, Kevin. Yeah, so um, my journey is, um, I guess, 2000, when well, our son was born, was really a big part. So I lost my mom, I think I said in the last podcast, in 2012. Uh, we launched our Chesterfield campus, lost my dad in 14 as we were launching our Richmond campus. So I, so I had to you know sit with both of them, at, and they were 62, 65. They weren't old, um, and watched them die. Then I had to spend the next year cleaning my parents' house out and driving mm-hmm. back and forth and just, you know, then try, I'm trying to run a church. And my wife you know, tells me on Father's Day of 2014 when my dad's in ICU that we're going to have a child, and I was mm-hmm. scared to death. Um, and so we told him while he was in ICU and all that. But uh, I really began to – everything began to surface in 15 when our son was born – uh, my anger began to spike. Um, I had noticed it in 14. I remember being downstairs in a basement and somebody calling me on my day off, and I smashed a chair to pieces while, used, while speaking in tongues. And uh, I, since this is a Christian podcast, you can only you can imagine uh, what the interpretation of those tongues were. So, um, and you know, it was just really, and I, and I was embarrassed. I picked the chair up and had to throw it away. And I tried to. You know, my wife didn't ask, and I didn't tell her till you know, a couple months later about the chair. Um, but then we came to a head one night where, um, I was really just, uh, I don't know. She said, Hey, look, you're not, you know, you, you seem like you don't want to be around our son. And he was only like three or four months old, five months old. And I was like, no, I do. And I'm just, I'm just cause I was trying to balance a, you know, a new child. My wife works all the time and I was trying to, I was alone with him all the time. And I got really angry and I took the cell phone and I threw it against the wall and broke it. And she told me she's Colombian and Italian. She said, here's the deal. You're going to get help, or I'm going to divorce you. Um, I'm not living like this. This is ridiculous. What's wrong with you? And she said, if you want to go to marriage counseling, we can go. And I took the next day and prayed, and I, and I said, you know, I need to go see a counselor. And I went and uh, began to see a counselor in 2015 for the first time ever. Um, and that um, was really eye-opening. Um, I had faced emotional burnout from ministry, and then I would say uh, mental health issues after that. So we were planted our first church in Florida, 
a couple years before, um, I faced burnout for the first time ever. I didn't know what burnout was, didn't know why I was facing it, but I was depressed. I hated my life. I told my wife that. That was our first interaction to go back a few years, 2012, 11. That was, three, that was four years before this. Um, I just told her one day I hated my blank in life. And I'm not a cusser, but I guess when I get angry like that, that happens. She stopped the car. She carried me home and said, you got to think through some things and you got to figure things out. Well, I got a book from, by Wayne Cordero uh, called Leading on Empty. And that book taught me about adrenaline, about uh, dopamine, serotonin, what the physical effects of burnout were. Um, but, and, and it really helped me. But what happened in 15 and all this, you know, I, started, I read books on burnout and all that, was I started a mental health journey, emotional health journey. I was 60 pounds heavier than I am now, so I, would, I just ate my way to medicate. Uh, some people do different things I ate. And um, what I did was I began to really deep dive into emotional health. Uh, why am I acting the way that I'm acting? I stopped blaming people, blaming my wife, blaming the church. I was very resentful toward people who would leave our church. Um, I secretly hated them because they left me and they abandoned me, I felt. Uh, and I was very unhealthy mentally when it came to leading. I, I, I hid it well but um, from our church, but I was very internally unhealthy. It got to a point, guys, that um, I'd, anxiety and depression began to be something normal in my life. Mm-hmm. And I knew something was wrong. So um, I went through counseling and all that. And everything really began to come to a head when COVID hit in uh, 2020, everything came to a head. Um, uh, again, we had, you guys remember, we had no clue what would happen with church. Everything was, I mean, anxiety was out of the roof for me. And I was doing a prayer walk, and I just prayed God help. Our staff was at each other's throats. Um, it was really unhealthy, and I just felt like my world was falling apart. And I prayed God help. Well, I was led to a podcast by Kerry Newhoff when he interviewed mm-hmm. Steve Cuss on anxiety. And that began to change my life. Um, he interviewed his mentor, Terry Wardle, on insecurity. I heard those two podcasts, and I realized I was a very, in, very super insecure leader, lots of insecurities, and I have anxiety. And then I began to realize this, guys, stress, insecurity, and anxiety, when it meets in the middle with a concentric circle, um, it, you can put death to ministry in that because mm-hmm. you, con- you will destroy yourself and destroy your ministry just like Saul in the Bible destroyed his. And that's what I was doing. I was dismantling everything slowly because of that. So here's what I realized about that, and I'll get down to the brass tacks of this, of how it really I began to deal with it. After I heard the podcast, I realized that anxiety is not just being worried and fearful. People think anxious people are just on edge. and they're, um, Anxiety is what you think you need that you don't really need, and then what you do when you don't get it. It's what you think you need when you don't really need, and what you do when you don't get it. So in my marriage, anxiety, I thought I needed my wife's approval. I mean, I do every dish. I do the laundry. I do the grass. I do, I mean, I do everything. And I work three jobs right now. And I thought my wife, I thought my wife needed to show me more approval and appreciation. And one day I told her that. She said, what do you want, a trophy? Like, I tell you that. I'm like, yeah, I, I would love a trophy. A trophy with my name on it, yeah? <laughs> and, uh, and show it to the world. And, and the Lord began to show me. He said, you don't, why do you need this over-appreciation. You don't need that. You can only get this from me. And so I began to really look at anxiety in my life, and here's what I realized. Remember I told you I got resentful and bitter about people who left the church, and they, they quote-unquote abandoned me? I traced neural pathways. This is very important, back to my childhood trauma. 
My grandfather, when I was nine years old, I was supposed to ride the tractor with him. My mom said, I'll pick you up at the school at, um, you know, at 11 because then it counts for a full day, if you remember those days. And so she shows up early, though. I'm like, this is great. This is early. Um, she shows up with a toy. She sits on the front doorsteps of the, of, of the school. And I said, well, why do you have a toy? She said, this is your favorite toy. Take this. She said, well, I said, well, are we going to ride the tractor with Grandpa? She said, no, your grandfather's been shot. I said, what do you mean shot? She said, he shot himself. And I'm nine. I'm like, was it an accident? Was he hunting? She said, no, he committed suicide. I'd never heard the word suicide before in my life. Um, and as a little nine-year-old, eight or nine-year-old, I was trying to like re- gra- ra- grasp it. What does this mean? Um, I ended up um, going through some really severe effects from this. Um, I thought it was my fault that he, that he shot himself. If I would have been there, if I wouldn't have went to school, he, he wouldn't have done this. And so I had to go through counseling. I couldn't eat for a few weeks. Um, and what that did to me was this in ministry. Because ministry, you do get a lot of bad news. You're always in the problem-solving quadrant. Well, I, I, here's what it reinforced. You will always get bad news when you're expecting really good things. So anytime you're expecting to ride the, grand, the tractor with your grandpa, get ready because mama's going to show up with a toy and tell you that he's killed himself. So what happened was every time I'd get a phone call or a text, may want to meet with me, I didn't know why I felt like this, guys, but I got really anxious, really, oh, gosh, what's it about? I was always expecting bad news, always expecting the worst. And that was my personal anxiety. And so I went on, on a journey to have to get healed from that emotionally, that that is not what the narrative has to be over and over again. I thought people abandoned me when they left our church. I thought they did to me what my grandfather did to me. So my grandmother had cancer when he killed himself. And my grandmother raised me. She was, she was the, she is, I cannot wait to get to heaven to see her. She was my favorite person on earth. And I resented him greatly that you left me at my worst and refused to help in a situation you could have. That's how I felt about church people. I've got a church I'm trying to launch. We're working hard. We're very meager. And you have abandoned me because you found an easier way out. Congratulations. Um, and that was a very detrimental mindset, uh, guys. That that was making me bitter, resentful, even more. That's that's where the anger came from. Um, I could trace you back to my dad, too, not even being good enough for him. So then you mix me not being good enough for my dad Grandfather doing that, it was a concoction of just sickness um, inside of me that I've had to really dig layers. And the biggest thing I've had to do is i got to take ownership. I've got to deal with this. And here's the key. I don't have to leave ministry to do it. Mm. I can enjoy ministry and get healthy at the same time. This is, this is what we need to hear. Kevin, you're talking to people. Tracy's talking to people. I'm talking to people who are in that place of tension they're living this unbalanced uh, this unbalanced life emotionally uh, relationally uh, spiritually in so many ways um, yeah just keep 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 talking about this and how yeah. you have learned healthy lessons mm-hmm. from unhealthy situations yeah so um, I just had to re uh, yeah covid was a good chance to restart regroup reshape everything I just began to reshape and refocus everything um I don't like disappointing people, and so I always felt like I was always disappointing people. When we had our son, my work time got cut in half because I could not go and come as I please. My wife is a physician assistant. She works a lot. So here's what I, what, what I did. I began to reshape, number one, set boundaries for my life. Um, I always take a Sabbath every week. There's a day that is just for me, whatever I want to do. And it's me and the Lord. 
time to rest and reflect. So number one, I did a Sabbath. Uh, number two, I set hard boundaries with our church. And here's what I told them. I said, the greatest gift you need at this church is not a good sermon. It's not a great leader. It is a healthy man to lead this church, which is I'm a man. So a healthy man to lead this church, healthy person to lead. The grass, the greatest thing you need. I said, the second greatest thing you need is someone who has a healthy family. Um, I said, so I'm going to focus on my family. Um, I am not going to answer calls after a certain time. We have a, Here's our system to deal with that. Here's what we'll do to help you with that. I wasn't mean about it. And I did this over progression. So what I did is I set boundaries. I began to set, set things in place, and I set the bar for our staff saying, I don't want you at the church on Saturdays. That's your Sabbath. If I catch you there, we're going to talk because you need time away. Um, I also um, make sure our staff have date nights. Very important. Um, all of our, most of our staff, maybe all, have been through counseling since COVID. Um, they, we pay for it at our church for anybody who wants to go through counseling. So what I did was I began to reshape how many times I eat out a week with people. And then I also began to reshape what, what time I'll get home every evening. I don't walk in the door answering phone calls. When my son gets in the, gets in the car with me or he gets off that bus, it's, it's daddy and Dawson time. I am not working. My son has never seen me work. Matter of fact, he's with a babysitter right now because I don't want him having to feel like he's second rate while I'm sitting here working. So I made my family and my mental health a priority, and it's still a priority. The other part of that I'll say is this, too, is that in ministry, it is not inputs and outputs. They don't correlate. When I worked in the secular world, you could put a, a certain amount of inputs in. You see outputs. Imagine mowing grass, Right. If you mow your grass, you can get done and say, hey, I can, it looks great, washing your car. Yep. In ministry, you're going to meet with people and talk with them and give them the best marital advice you can give, and they're going to get divorced. Um, I've met with people and talked with them with mental health, just had a dear friend. Um, I can't disclose too much about it, but I uh, do the family privacy, but gave him a lot of great advice and wisdom. He killed himself. Um, we prayed together, walked together. Um, in ministry, you can work harder than the guy down the street. You can put more effort in, and his church may grow faster. Um, he may see more get baptized. Here's what I realized that was killing me um, is that I'm a very pragmatic, efficient individual, is that my inputs in ministry weren't always directly correlated to outputs. So here's what I realized, too. Secondly, about me, I began, um, I stumbled into strength training, the science of strength training, the the numbers of it. Um, I lost a bunch of weight, then began to build the best body of my life, stronger I've ever been, best shape I've ever been. But here's what that did for me, guys, and here's how it ties to mental health. When it comes to strength training, it is not just some guys are gifted and some guys aren't. It is all numbers. All numbers. That's all it is. It's so simple. I can now see direct outputs into my inputs. So now I have a space to play in my life where I can see if I put this work in, this work will come out. So now ministry doesn't have to take that that place in my life. I'm okay with putting all the right right inputs in and not seeing the outputs that I'm expecting. And a lot of times that that disorients uh, leaders because they're not seeing the things they wish they would see, even though they're putting all the inputs in. So this has been my journey: is that I just want to be the healthiest leader I can be, take ownership um, of you know my my part in the marriage when when I mess up, my part as a leader. And um, I've even listen, guys. I've had to repent a lot to our to our our church leaders and to people who are on, who are lay people who come to me and said, "Kevin, I I don't agree with this. I don't like this." I would respond very defensively, and would just be a jerk to them. And I've told them firsthand, "I'm sorry. Um, I'm defensive. I'm insecure, and I got a lot to work on." So 
that's kind of the, the, the nutshell of, I guess, my journey of working toward emotional health. Yeah. Thanks, Kevin. That That's powerful. Thank you for being so honest and real. And I, I, I listen to that and I'm thinking, man, we have so much in common. We really do. Um, here's what I'd like for you to do. Uh, give us, imagine that you are speaking across the table to some folks that are just really they're all over the world on this podcast. Just what are some handful of things that you would say, hey, if this is your scenario, uh, here's some advice to you. Here's some practical suggestions I would make that maybe things you wish somebody had said to you uh, as you were starting your journey. Yeah. Yeah. Um, number one, uh, you you need to under, really really pause, be introspective, and dig deep. Why do you do what you do? And you cannot say because someone has triggered me to do this. That's what immature, insecure people do. So why am I angry? Why did I lash out? Why am I acting like this? Why do I have the same cycles? You've got to ask the question, why? Um, why do you keep coming back to this cycle? What, what is causing dep- this depression? I mean, what, what, what do you feel like you don't, you don't have? So I think, number one, ask the why. And then, uh, number two, you've got to be courageous enough to, to look for help. We, man, we have so many resources in this world online. Um, you've got find a dear friend to talk to, ask why, and then pursue emotional health. Um, a lot of pastors, especially pastors, and this is leaders in general, they isolate themselves, uh, they get quiet, they get introspective, they hide from people, um, and they suffer. There's so many people that are suffering right now in ministry, and um, they put on a happy face. I watch guys all the time. I'll talk to them privately. Then on Instagram, they're smiling, and they look like they got it all together, and they are just suffering. Get help. Uh, talk to someone. Start the conversation. Um, that's what I would suggest to anybody uh, with that. Just stop blaming others for your emotional immaturities. It's such a blessing to have a handful of friends that you can can just relate to. It might be the pastor across town. Maybe somebody. Uh, it may or may not be somebody in your church. Uh, but. Th- Find that one or two people. I don't want talking about 50 people. I'm just talking about a couple persons that, that, that love Jesus and love me enough that they'll let me be real. Yeah. yeah. And Kevin, you know, just listening as you're talking to us, I, I want to encourage you. Continue telling as much of that personal, painful story as you can uh, because, because God has, uh, has put you in a place now where he's handed you a microphone and you're able to speak into the lives of many people. And, and unfortunately, and this does bother me, and you know me, this won't surprise you, it bothers me that we hand the microphones to those we consider successful in our American numbers game of success. Mm-hmm. And uh, we would not have handed the microphone to Jesus, by the way. <laughs> the way his right. ministry went from the big numbers and ending with a few, and then those turned against him. Uh, but it was such a successful story that he died to bring life to all. Um, and I just want to encourage you, tell your story, encourage yes. people to seek help. Um, my latest book, Equilibrium, was written with that in mind. And two of the chapters, care, but don't carry. Mm. I was thinking about that as you were talking. Mm. We, we need to care for the people, but let's not carry the weight of them. That's God's job. Um, that, is, that is God's job, not, not our job. And the other chapter that I was just kind of thinking about as you were talking, do not endure life alone. Amen. We're, we're so living in the singular, in the, in the solo, instead of a part of the body. 
so Kevin, Tracy, and I love you and appreciate you. And um, we usually just end the podcast and uh, make the uh, the the statement of encouraging people to make sure that their next steps are the best steps. But we would like for you to just say a closing statement uh, to our audience. Uh, what can you declare, uh, confirm, or state that we need to hear that will encourage each of us to do that, to seek help so that we can make the next step the best step? Yeah, it, it's okay to not be okay. And uh, that, that, that's the statement I'm saying. It's okay to not be okay. And uh, I think a lot of people want to sweep that under the rug, put on the smiling face, and they want to bury their hurt. Uh, don't bury it. Uh, make, make sure you deal with it real time and make, let your wounds become scars so your scars will tell a story one day for others to, uh, to have help as well. Thanks for joining us on Next Step Leadership, the weekly conversation dedicated to your personal growth and leadership development. Chris and I are so glad you dropped in. You can find us on all your favorite podcast providers. Do us a favor and hit subscribe. And if you really want to help us, give us a rating. We so appreciate your support. Check out our show notes for more information regarding guest contact information. Chris Maxwell's 11th book, Equilibrium, 31 Ways to Stay Balanced on Life's Uneven Services is available now at www.chrismaxwell.me or Amazon, where you can find all of Chris's previous books as well. Our featured music is by Casual Americans. You can find their new musical releases at www.casualamericans.com or at your favorite music suppliers. We release Next Steps Leadership each Thursday, so join us again next week on the Next Step Journey, a conversation dedicated to helping you make your next step your best step.